standing for the reading of God's word this morning. Let's go to the book of Psalms, chapter 34. Psalms chapter 34 and beginning at beginning at verse number 13. The writer says, Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking gal. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Thys of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are upon are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. He keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. By the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to talk about, I want to talk about redemption. I want to talk about, I want to say, make the statement that I am redeemed. I am redeemed. I want to talk about being redeemed. You can be seated tonight, this morning in the house of the Lord. In this uh, chapter, chapter 34 of the book of Psalms, as I begin to read uh, throughout this chapter, you'll find out that there are many things that you can pull out of this chapter and begin to talk about or even teach on or preach on. Uh, there are many things. David starts out this chapter by proclaiming that he will bless the Lord at all times, and that his praise shall continually be in his mouth. You talk about having a determination to praise God and to bless God despite what you're dealing with, uh, despite what you're going through, being able to make it up in your mind that none of those problems are going to stop me from opening up my mouth and calling on the name of the Lord. When you have reached that point in your life, I promise you, miracles will begin to happen. Doors will begin to open up. God will begin to open up the windows of heaven on a person that makes up in their mind that these, these, these temporal afflictions are not going to stop me from blessing the Lord. It's not going to stop me from praising God. He goes on 
And you'll pick up where he said that, in verse 5, he said, they looked unto him, that him is God. They looked unto him, and they were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. There's something that takes place when you begin to look to God, when you begin to get your eyes fixed on him and seek it after the Lord. God will enlighten you about some things. God will open up your understanding. He'll help you to see things clearly than what you did before. I'm thankful this morning that God knows exactly what I need. I'm thankful that I'm here in the house of the Lord in his presence. I can feel his presence in this place this morning. That means that God is in the house this morning. That means he came to see about us this morning. I'm, I'm thankful that I serve a God that comes to church, that he knows what I have need of, and he comes to see about me. You'll even read prophecy in this, this chapter where we read in verse 20, 20 where he said, He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. He's speaking of Jesus Christ. He's talking about how that when Jesus, when they was on the cross and Jesus was crucified between two, two thieves, they came and they, they came to break uh, their legs. It was kind of to a way to speed up the death process. But when they came to him, Jesus, he was already, the spirit had already departed from that body. And so not one of his bones was broken. As David is seeing this in the spirit, the Holy Ghost has inspired him to, to pen this and to write this. So there are many different things that you can talk about and preach about or teach about in this chapter. But I want to focus on the last verse because David said, he said, the Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants. I want to talk about redemption this morning. I want to talk about being redeemed. I want to talk about what has redeemed us or what stands ready or who stands ready to redeem each and every one of us here in the house of the Lord this morning. The Bible tells us, you'll read in the book of Genesis, and it's the book of it's the book of beginnings. It is um, the book that records um, creation. How many know that God created heaven and earth? Genesis 1 and 1 tells us in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, I know there are many different opinions about um, how we got here and how the world has in some people's eyes, it evolved and, and whatnot. But I want you to know that we only got here by one way and by one means. And that's the word of God. That's Jesus Christ. That's God Almighty. God spoke the world into existence. The Bible says that he created us, each and every one of us, out of the dust of the ground. And not only that, the Bible says that he breathed the breath of life into each and every one of us. So I know how I got here this morning. I got here by the hand of the Almighty God. Now I know there are many people that believe that we have evolved from certain kind of animals. I don't believe in that. I believe what the Word of God says this morning. And it says that God created. And so God created, and when God created, everything was good. Everything was perfect. The Bible says that the day came where he created man. And when he created man, he said that it is, it is really good. 
And so Adam is created. God breathes into to Adam's nostrils. He breathes the breath of life into Adam. And now Adam is a living soul. And so God, somewhere in the process, the Bible says that God gave Adam dominion over the whole earth, over everything. You, you name it, and he had power over everything. And somewhere God looked at Adam, and he said that it was not good for man to be alone. So he calls Adam to fall into a deep sleep, and he removed the, a rib out of Adam, and he created woman. He created Eve. And so God has Adam and Eve. He has created them. He has given them dominion and power over the earth. And so the Bible tells us that God began to, to, begin to set some guidelines with them. He begins to set some things in place. How many know that God will give you some guidelines? How many are glad that God gives guidelines and that without those guidelines, we would make a wreck of our lives? We would destroy every good and every perfect thing that God has placed in our lives. So I'm thankful for his guidelines. I'm thankful for his word that begins to set things in order in, in my life. And so he, he gives them some, some guidelines. He begins to tell them that, hey, all the trees... Everything you can partake of, the only thing that you can't partake of is the tree in the midst of the garden, the tree of good and evil, okay? And so God tells them, he establishes this to them, and the time comes where the serpent comes and begins to twist God's word and causes Eve to believe that somehow God is holding back on you guys, God is withholding something from you. God knows, hey, the, the day that you partake of this fruit, hey, you're going to become like God. And so God, he made it seem like God was holding back on something from them. And, and it's amazing how that God establishes so many good things in our lives. But the very thing that we shouldn't have, we want the most. It, it, we, we forget the fact that all the good things that God his place in our lives. We, we get our eyes off of what God has put in our lives and we get our eyes on what we can't have or what we, we shouldn't have. And so somehow Eve couldn't keep her eyes off of this tree. And, you know, she partakes of the fruit. She gives it to Adam. They partake of the fruit. Now their eyes are open. They realize that, hey, we are not clothed. Before then, they didn't notice. It was, it was all in innocence. But now their eyes have been opened as they've realized that, hey, we've partaken of the very thing that God has, has commanded for us not to. And so when God comes looking for them, they've hid themselves in the garden. They've sold fig leaves to try to cover themselves. Let me tell you something. There's only one thing that can cover us this morning. You know, many people try to cover themselves. Many people try to fix their own problems on their own. But I want you to know that there's only one thing that can cover us. There's only one thing, there's only one person that can save us and that can deliver us. And you know what? I've come to run to him this morning and let him know that I need saving. I, I've come to let God know that I need you this morning. 
I stand here in need of prayer. I stand here in need of another touch from you. I stand here in need of an answer from you. I, I've come to find out that I can't fix my problems on my own. But I come to find out that my problems, the answer to my problem is only found in one place. It's found in Jesus Christ. It's found in the word of God. It's found in coming into the house of the Lord, getting my hands in the air, opening up my mouth. How many have come to let it be known and let God know this morning that I need you? Am I talking to some people that need the Lord this morning or have we come to a, a point where we think that we got it all figured out? I need him this morning. I need him. I need him to intervene into my life and begin to straighten some things out. And so, they've made a mess of things. And now, sin has entered into the world. Every, every man, woman, boy, or girl that enters into this world now is born into this world as a sinner. And... God begins to hand out some curses. He begins to curse the serpent. He curses the woman as she has to now, you know, go through childbirth and the pain that comes with that. Um, man was not cursed, but the ground was cursed that man would have to work now. And, and so God begins to hand out some curses, but in the middle of God handling out curses, God begins to give them a promise as well. God begins to talk about the day that redemption would come. And you'll read in Genesis 3, I'm so glad that God is not a God that is just all about condemning and judging, but I'm glad that even in the midst of him having to correct me, God still gives me hope that things are going to get better. You know, some people, they tear you down and they leave you broken down. They don't give you any kind of hope that things are going to get better. They leave you the way that you are. And, but God is not that way this morning. God may have to correct me, but God is so loving that God will let me know that, hey, if you get things right and if you get back on the right path, things will begin to work out for your good. I'm so thankful that I have a God that loves me. Hey, we talked about his mercies the other night. I'm so thankful that his compassion, that it doesn't fail, that his mercies are new every morning, that I have another day, another opportunity to get it right, to say it right, to, to think it right. How many are thankful for his mercies this morning? If you're thankful, then we know how to give him some Praise this morning. We ought to lift up our hands and begin to magnify the King of the King and the Lord of Lords. The writer said that it is only because of his mercies that we're not consumed. That means that I'm here this morning because of God's mercies. That means that there's breath in my body. And I'm in my right mind this morning because God's mercies are new every morning. And so God begins to talk about the day that redemption would come. He begins to talk about the seed that would be born, that would come, and that that seed, that he would bruise the head of the serpent. And that in the 
in the process of bruising the head of the serpent, that he would, that his heel would be bruised. And, and so God begins to establish this promise to them. He begins to tell them that there is a time that you will be redeemed. There's a time that redemption is going to come to humanity. Throughout the scriptures, you'll see a little, you'll see a little bit of God redeeming and his, his, his way of redeeming and bringing people out. You know, redeem means to buy back. It means to purchase back. It, it means it, it also can be mean to, to atone for. Uh, it can mean, it can mean it, there's a lot of different meanings to redeeming and redemption. And you'll read in the word of God in the book of Exodus how that God raised up Moses. And how that when the time came, he sent Moses down into Egypt to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Okay, he gets there and he is, he is telling Pharaoh, he tells Pharaoh what the Lord has said. Pharaoh says, who is your God that I should, I should listen that I should obey what you're, you're saying to me. I won't let them go. And so God begins to, begins to tell Moses and begins to establish some things with Moses. And he told Moses, he said, hey, go and go to tell the people, tell Israel, tell them that, hey, I'm going to come and I'm going to bring you out from under the Egyptians, out from uh, under their bondage. He said that I will redeem you with a mighty arm. And you'll read where the time came where different plagues broke out. And after each plague, Pharaoh would be like, hey, okay, I'll let them go. But he hardened his heart and he refused to let them go. But there was one plague that came that he couldn't control and he he had to let them go. The Bible tells us that God told Moses. He said, hey, there's a death angel that is coming throughout the land. He said, I want you to do something. I want you to go. I want you and all the Israelites, I want you all to take a lamb. I want you to kill that lamb, to slay that lamb. And I want you to paint the blood over the doorposts. He, he even said that, hey, if that lamb be too much for you for your household, you can share it with another house. But I want you to paint the blood of that lamb over the doorposts of each house. And he said that when the death angel comes in to take the firstborn throughout the land, he said when he comes to the door and he sees that blood, that death angel will see that, hey, some, a price has already been paid. And that I will pass, that that death angel will pass over the house that has the blood painted over the doorpost. Okay? And that death angel came in and he took every firstborn of the Egyptians. He even took Pharaoh's firstborn. But when he came into the house of an Israelite that had the blood painted over the doorpost. That deaf angel had to pass over that house as he realized and as he seen that something had already died. 
that a price had already been paid. I'm going to tell you, we got to have that this morning. We got to have that to take place in our lives this morning because here's the thing. People say, well, you know, I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm not a bad person. The truth is we're all bad people. The word of God tells us that there is none that doeth good, no, not one. The writer says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. See, because the problem is we are all in this thing together. It doesn't matter what my economic status is in this life. It doesn't matter what side of town I stay on. It doesn't matter what family that I've come out of. We all have a problem that is within us. And it, it has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with possessions. It has to do that we are all born into sin and shaping in iniquity. You'll read where Paul began to make a statement because he said, Paul stated in, in the book of Romans chapter 7 and verse seven, 14, he began to make a statement. He said that I know that the law, that it is spiritual. So he was saying that God's word is right. God's commandment is right. It is spiritual. There's nothing wrong with the word of God. He said, but I am carnal, sold unto sin. In other words, what he was saying is that I am not spiritual. I am a carnal individual. I am unspiritual, and I am a slave to sin. I'm a slave to sin. There have been many times, in, and I've seen it in my own life, where people will do things and will get involved in things that they don't even think about what they're doing. They don't even consider the consequences to what they're doing. As we are such a self, selfish people. Somebody may say, well, I'm not selfish. Yeah, we're selfish. We're very selfish. We are a self-centered people. We have the tendency to be about self. What is going to please me? What I think is going to make me happy? What I believe I have need of? And we are so self-motivated that we will make decisions there have been people that have made decisions that have, because of the decisions that they've made, it has wrecked homes, it has wrecked lives, it has wrecked relationships, it has put things in jeopardy in their life, finances, it has destroyed children's lives, and it's all because of what we want. It's all because of what I feel I have need of. And what it speaks of, it speaks of our nature. It speaks of the sinful nature that we have. You know what? I heard somebody say it the other day. Um, I think it was, a, I, I think it was my, if I'm not mistaken, it was my brother speaking about my nephew. And he said some, something that you wouldn't expect, uh, or he did something that you wouldn't expect someone his age to do. And he was like, they was like, where did he get that from? Where did he learn that from? I, I know he ain't seen it from us. And it's like, and he said, you know what? You know what it is? You don't have to teach wrong. Right. 
Wrong is in us. It is our nature to do wrong. It, nobody has to teach you how to say it wrong. It is who we are. We're going to eventually say it wrong. Nobody has to teach us how to do it wrong. Eventually, it's going to happen. We're going to do it wrong. We're going to get involved with the wrong things. I'm telling you, we are a people that are in need of being redeemed. We are a people that need some kind of action to take place in our lives. I don't know about anybody else, but I need to be redeemed this morning. I need something to enter into my life that is going to change the way that I think. It's going to change the way that I talk. It's going to change the places I go. It's going to change the desires that I have. You can be seated. I need that in my life. The prophet Isaiah, he saw this day come. And the prophet begins to speak because Israel had found themselves in a bad place because of their own decision. I'm going to tell you, people want to say, well, how, why is it that we're in the condition that we're in? I'll tell you why. We're the reason. We're the reason why we're in the predicament that we're in. We're the reason that the world is the way that it is. See, because when Adam and Eve, when they disobeyed God, they represented each and every one of us. They represented humanity as a whole. We, God didn't leave us. We left God. We, God didn't turn his back on us. We turned our back on him. And so, if you ever find yourself wondering, why am I the way that I am? Why is this world the way that it is? We can easily look at ourselves in the mirror and point the finger at ourselves. We are. Our selfish desires, our selfish motives, our ways of acting, our ways of talking is the reason why we're in the state that we are. It's the reason why the thoughts that I have, it's the reason why I get involved in things that I get involved in, and I know in my heart of hearts that they're not right according to God's word. We have destroyed ourselves. The prophet Hosea, he said it like this. He said, oh Israel, the Lord said, he said, oh Israel, thou hast Destroy thyself. He said, and I am thy help. I, thy help is in me. It's important that we realize that our help is not going to come from any other place other than God. It's important that we come to an understanding that he is our help. I know we think that we've reached place in our life that we got it all figured out, but the truth is, if we would be honest with ourselves, we would realize that we don't have it nowhere near being figured out. That we are, we are wandering. Without God, we're wandering in circles. Without God, we are in the darkness. Without God, we are a lost people. But guess what? Jesus Christ came to save us. He came to redeem us. He came to set us free. 
Come on, he said that I didn't come to be ministered to, but I came to minister to and to be a ransom. I want somebody to know that God is here to set you free this morning. God is here to deliver you. He is here to save you. He is here to set you free from the prison that has you locked up. And so the prophet Isaiah, he saw this day coming. And you'll read in the word where he begins to he begins to speak and he begins to say, he begins to tell the people, he said that you have sold yourself for not. In other words, for nothing. You've sold yourselves for nothing. We get ourselves in, in the situations that we're in. Decisions that we make, we get ourselves entangled and tied up in situations that are not that easy to get out of once we realize that it's not the best thing. You come to find out that it's not as easy to get away from. It's not as easy to, to break free from. As you realize the devil, the enemy has wrapped chains around you, and he is playing for keeps. He is playing for keeps. And so Isaiah said that you have sold yourself for not. But he said, you will be redeemed without money. He saw a day that God's people would be redeemed. And it wouldn't be redeemed by money. They wouldn't be set free. They wouldn't be bought back with silver and gold. They wouldn't be bought back with the materialistic things of this life. Peter begins to tell us what has redeemed us. Can we get 1 Peter chapter 1? See, because I need to understand what is available for me here this morning. I need to understand the opportunity. I need to understand that what God stands ready to, to do in my life and to perform in my life. I, I got to get it. I got to understand that I'm not just here this morning by chance. I didn't, just, I didn't just make the decision to come into the house of the Lord, but the, the spirit of the Lord drew me into the house of the Lord. And, and that God didn't draw me here just for any other old reason, but that God drew me here to perform a work in my life this morning. And so let's Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18. This is what Peter says. Peter says, for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things. What are those corruptible things? As silver and gold. Okay, so those things are corruptible. Silver and gold, that's not what has redeemed us. From what? From your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers. It was passed down to us. The way we act, the way we talk, the things that we get involved in, it was passed down to us from our fathers. It was passed down from them, and it was passed down from that generation on to them. It's talking about our nature, our sinful nature. Verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, 
as a lamb without blemish and without spot. So Peter is showing us that silver and gold is not going to redeem us. Those things are corruptible. It lines up with what Isaiah was saying, that you'll be redeemed, but not with money. Okay? So silver and gold didn't redeem us. Those things are corruptible. Those are the things that will save us from our conversations, our lifestyles that is handed down to us from those before us. If anything that is going to save us and is going to set us free and is going to deliver us and is going to redeem us, it's going to be the blood of Jesus Christ. How many are thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ this morning? Come on, I don't know about anybody else, but I come to let it be known that I am redeemed. I once was lost, but now I'm found. And I want you to know that it wasn't silver, it wasn't money, it was the blood of Jesus Christ that set me free. I'm going to tell you, nothing else is going to do. You need Jesus this morning. We need the power of the Holy Ghost being active in our lives. If we're going to be delivered and set free, we need the work of God to take place in our lives. I don't know about anybody else, but I didn't come to be quiet this morning. I didn't come to be quiet this morning. I've, I've come to let it be known. I've come to shout from the rooftop what has taken place in my life. You're reading the word of God. In the book of John, there was a man uh, by the wayside, and the Bible says that Jesus came, him and his disciples entered into the city, and that they began to ask, this, ask Jesus a question. They saw this man, and he was blind, and they wanted to know something. They said, hey, who has sinned? Has this man's father sinned, or has his mother sinned? And Jesus said, no, that ain't the case. The reason this guy is the way that it is is so it's for the glory of God. And so when Jesus was done with that man, that man's eyes was open. He had never saw the blue sky. He could now see. He could now see the green grass. He could now see where he was going. And you had the religious leaders, the hypocrites in the city, they asked him, hey, aren't you the guy that was blind? He said, yeah, I, I'm he. I'm that one. He said, well, how is it that you see? He said, I don't know. It was this man by the name of Jesus. And they were so against what Jesus was doing, they wanted to tell him every reason why it couldn't be Jesus. They wanted to tell him that he was a devil. They wanted to tell him that this guy is not a prophet. He's not what he says he is. And this man said, hey, you can say whatever you want to say. You can call him whatever you want to call him. I know this. I was once blind, but now I see Come on, I come to let it be known that I once was blind, but now I see. The writer said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom the Lord has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I come to let it be known that God has set me free, that God has broken every chains, that God has broken down every wall and barrier. God has set me free. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Somebody come, lift up your hands, lift up your voice, and call upon the name of the Lord. 
Come on, somebody. I want you to know you can be redeemed this morning. You can be delivered this morning. You can be set free by the blood of the Lamb this morning. God is here to see about you. Oh, somebody lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. Come on, somebody. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. Come on, somebody. I want you to know God wants to redeem you. Come on, if you repent of your sins and if you lay them down and you get baptized in Jesus' name, that blood that washes away every sin will be applied to your life. God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. Oh, somebody stand to your feet and lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. Come on, I know my God is in this place this morning. Come on, I know he's alive this morning. Come on, Job said, I know that my Redeemer liveth this morning. My God is well able. Come on, he's alive. He is active in this place. He is here in the house this morning. Somebody lift up your hands. Lift up your voice and call upon the name of the Lord. Come on, I am redeemed. I am redeemed. I've been set free. I've been brought back by my Savior. Oh, somebody, this altar is open. Come down with your heart. Lift it with your hands. Calling upon the name of the Lord this morning. Oh, come on, somebody. Come with your hands lifted. I am redeemed. You set me free. So I'll shake off these heavy chains. Wipe everything away. I'm not who I used to be. I am redeemed. You set me free. Oh, come on, somebody. Let him redeem you. Let him set your heart. I'll shake off these heavy Come on, let him fill you with the Holy Ghost. I'm not who I used to be.